Come on. Hey, what a day to be in church. I'm so glad that you're here. Uh, I'm so glad that you're part of this with us. Maybe you didn't know you were in church and you're just cruising through uh, Facebook or wandering around and you ended up here. Someone shared it and you just popped by. Welcome here. We're so glad that you're here with us. This is Northgate Church. Uh, my name's Evan. I'm the lead pastor here. And we are glad to have you in case for some reason you missed the transition and you're here now, I need to tell you some really cool news uh, because we just said it a couple minutes ago, but, but maybe you just picked up right now, Samara Hall is pregnant. Whoa. Yowza. Uh, yes, it's going to be, it's, it's exciting days to be part of Northgate right now. And who just loved that video? I hope that you loved that video of, of our team, of Amy and Rich. We just love you guys. We're so thankful for the way that you serve and care, care for this church and invest. Uh, we love all the committed folks uh, that call Northgate home. And uh, Northgate is the home that it is because of you. And that's what we're talking about for the next few weeks. Uh, we've been talking about it for a couple weeks, and we're going to carry on for the next few, that this church is what it is, and it will become what it's meant to become. It will look the way it's meant to look because of the people that commit themselves to it and pour themselves into the ministry and the life of this church. And so we've been chatting about that for the last little while. We've been talking about what it looks like to become that, that church and what it, what it requires of people. And we're, we're primarily pulling from Acts 2.42 and, uh, and then sort of did a little bit before and a little bit after where really the church launches. Jesus comes, he walks the planet, he, he lives uh, with his disciples, he, he carries on with them, and then uh, he dies, he rises from the dead, and his Holy Spirit comes, and, and all, all of a sudden they're filled with this power, this might, this witness to walk in a new way, and the church launches. The church gets going. The very first church, the early church, of which we are still uh, carrying out and, and part of the fruit of that initial move uh, that God did. So in week one, we talked about what happened just before Acts 2.42, where it says they devoted themselves. Just before that, Peter goes out and speaks right after the Holy Spirit moved in his life, and this fire, comes, this fire had come down, the wind had blown, there was all these crazy things when the Holy Spirit moved. Peter goes out and preaches a message, and thousands of people say, I want to give my life to Jesus, what do I need to do? They get baptized, they become part of the church, and the church right from the get-go gets moving. Before we're ever going to commit to the church, we got to commit to Jesus. We've got to find our, our self and our center and our, 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 our landing place in who Jesus is and in the salvation that he offers us for eternity. And then in week two, uh, we talked about what happened just after Acts 2.42. Just after Acts 2.42, we learned that the church, uh, once, people once people committed to it, Jesus had lived, died, risen from the dead, sent his Holy Spirit, and then people committed to the church. Once that happened, what, what started ha taking place is all of these blessings in the church. There was unity, and there was generosity, and there were signs and wonders, and there were influence in the city, and there was all this incredible stuff that started happening. We want that for our church, but it doesn't happen for our church because we fight for those things. It happens because we commit in the way the early church committed. So this week we finally get to the space, Acts 2.42, where we see that they did devote themselves, that they did commit themselves to something that God was doing. It says in Acts 2.42, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship and to breaking of bread and to prayer. 
We're going to take the next few weeks looking at those four things, primarily the apostles' teaching to fellowship to breaking of bread and to prayer. And this week we're talking, uh, to start, we're talking about uh, this idea of they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. They devoted themselves to their leaders. They recognized someone as leaders amongst them. They, decided, they, they realized that God had a calling for, for teaching and a calling for leadership on some people uh, amongst who they were with. And so these became the apostles and the ones that they followed. Just so you know, I, uh, I wrestled with this this week. Because I want to talk about, I really believe that the church that's meant to thrive and how our church is meant to thrive is going to thrive on the other side of the commitment that takes place. And that commitment is indeed to the apostles' teaching. If we're going to see that, that, that thriving church and that fruitful church and that incredible church that we all, we all believe for and long for, uh, we're going to actually see this, this commitment to the apostles' teaching or to the teachers that we have teaching, the leadership of this church, we're going to see this commitment rise up in, in that group. And so that's when we start to discover the fruit of the church, the truest fruit. Now, just so you know, this is hard for me because I know I'm a leader in this church. And so this, right before the service, I was, I was uh, taking a long time praying and worshiping uh, uh, the song, just so you know. You, can, you should write in the comments if you know this song. And then write, a, a, write a, like a star beside it, or what, what is it, a, a party, Dan, Pastor Daniel, is it a party sign or something? What do we do, the party sign, whatever it is. What? Confetti popper. Do a confetti popper if you want us to start playing this song uh, in, in, in this church. But refiner's fire. The first line is purify my heart. And so for me, I'm like, God, I, wanna, I don't want to come into a service talking about how you should honor your leadership or, 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 or commit to your leadership or commit to the people who God's called to your leadership and, and try to manipulate people into something. I, I want to be pure before you and just like, God, you do your work. You do what you're going to do. God's the one building Northgate. He's the one building his church across the globe. He's the one doing all these things. He started it. He will finish it. It's not about me. It's not about, but there is something that happens when we decide that God has called someone and God has put someone in leadership and we want to learn from them and grow with them and support them and commit to them and commit to the vision that God's going to give the church through them. There's something special that happens in that. And just so you know, every single sermon so far, and I'm sure every single sermon after this that's going to be in this series I'm going to be celebrating and thanking God because Northgate is already an incredible church. We have pictures that we get to show on our bumper of people who serve and love the church because there are people who serve and love the church. There are people who are committed. There are people who are already walking with Jesus and not just walking with Jesus, but saying, I'm for this place. I'm for what God's doing here. I'm for the leadership that exists here. I'm for the community that we're reaching. I'm committed to that cause, even if it gets a bit hard sometimes or challenging at moments or boring at moments, we are for it. I'm so thankful for a church that is for it. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. The word apostle is apostolos in Greek. And apostolos basically means sent ones. The ones who had been sent. The ones who, who didn't just stand there on their own representation but, but were backed by something else. They showed up and, and they were just messengers. They, they, didn't, they weren't builders of the message. They didn't create the message. They were just there to share the message. The message came from somewhere else. In this case, heaven. As soon as we talk about an apostle, we're talking about someone who is sent by God, and yet someone who is fully human. 
Someone who's aware of, of who's empowering them and strengthening them, but someone who's also feeling all of the same challenges as every other person. None of the disciples became apostles and all of a sudden became superhuman. They received the Holy Spirit. There was something empowering about that, but they still had all the temptations and challenges and difficulties of human existence. And the reality is, for me, I have the same. For our leadership team, we have the same. We, we, we know God has called us here. I believe with all of my heart that God has called Called me here. I believe he's asked me to lead Northgate Church for this season. I believe he's, he has been the one who's put, put his Holy Spirit in me. He's allowed me to walk in the way I've, I've been called to walk. But I also know that I'm very human. I also know that I, I have challenges and difficulties and I, I, I feel the pain when, when people don't like me or when they critique me or when I get an email that doesn't feel good. I feel that. I also feel the love when people share that. I want to mention a couple people because I just love you. I love a lot of people in this church. Jim Robertson, I want to mention you. Jimmy, uh, uh, Jim, I, I, I'm missing you. I miss hearing you. I miss see, see, uh, all of those things, but more than anything, I miss your post-sermon hug. The post-sermon hug I miss. Jim is uh, uh, well-versed in the Bible. He knows, what's, he knows he's, he's, he's discovered a lot. He's put himself in positions to read and learn and, and, and study as much as he can with Scripture. And yet every single time I got off the stage, when we were meeting in person, every single time I got off the stage, Jim would walk over to me after I preached a sermon, and he said, I just got to hug you. <laughs> and we would hug and then as we'd hug, I know it sounds like a foreign concept now, but as we'd hug, he'd start praying in my ear. God, I thank you for this man. I th Jim is not my age. He's, uh, he's older than me, and still he's saying, I just want to say, I know that every sermon was not good that he hugged me after, and yet every sermon he was going to hug me and pray, God, I thank you for this messenger. I thank you for this one who was sent by you to be here, apostolos. He's here because of you. I want to mention the Deskins. Lou and Don. Uh, Lou and Don have just been uh, so encouraging to me. Also, these people who just know uh, uh, Scripture, have studied, have wanted to study, have come from different traditions or backgrounds uh, than, I, than I have, and they come to this church and just want to pour out their love and blessing on us. Uh, a little while ago, Lou, she shared with me, uh, she said, Evan, I have a prophetic word for your kids. I said, okay, what is it? And she shared it, and it meant so much to me. It felt amazing. And uh, I said, what, what happened that stirred you up to guys, you guys to pray? And she goes, no, it was just our usual 6 p.m. prayer for you guys. I said, what do you mean, for who? She said, for you and Kendall and your kids. We have an alarm every single day, 6 p.m., we're gonna be praying for you. Wow. you imagine that? Like, what, well, wait a second, are you gonna pray for us? Why are you gonna pray for us? Like, what, we're not always good or deserving of it. We're, we're pretty human. Did you know we're human? Yeah, I know you're human. That's why I gotta pray for you. Thank you, Lou and Don. I wanna thank the Clarks. Chris and Bill Clark, we love you guys. We're so thankful for you. Uh, one of the things that Chris did to me uh, to, to remind me of my calling here in this place was when I first came to this church, she, we met and, and a few things happened and then it was a few months later that she said, just so you know, when we first met, and when I saw you, and we talked, and I, I, I was praying, and, and we were sort of in a spot where we were looking to see, God, where are you leading us? What are you doing with our lives? And she said, uh, God said to me, this is your new pastor. Wow. And so you will be. 
you're my pastor and I'm following you and I'm with you and I'm behind you. Then she wouldn't have even known what a sermon would have looked like by me. Where was I gonna lead the church? What was I gonna do? How? But she believed in the God. She committed to Jesus first and Jesus then showed, this is the one I've called and I put here. He is the, he is the apostolos here. He is the, he is the one who is sent by me, very sent by me, yet very human. Will you support him? Will you get behind him? Will you go where he's going? Will you support the leadership team? And Chris and Bill said, yes, we will. I also want to mention one person in the room today, uh, and, and that's my friend, Pastor Rob Penny. And uh, I mentioned Pastor Rob Penny because uh, Pastor Rob and I have been friends for uh, quite some time. Basically, as long as I've been in ministry, he's been in ministry in some way alongside me. And uh, Rob has every reason to, um, he knows me. He knows my just realness. He knows uh, where I've struggled and where I've, where I've thrived and all of those things. And yet, he regularly wants to come and say, Evan, I'm just behind you. I see your leadership. I see your calling. I see your gifting. And it's such a blessing. Rob, you don't know what that means to me and what it's meant for me being affirmed in my call. See, God calls us. God puts leaders in place. God is the one who, who has done it. God has designed Northgate. He has designed this church. He, he knows how he wants to move things forward, and, and he knows what he, wa he wants to do in this time because he's God. He's got a plan for this church. He's got a plan for what's meant to happen here. And yet, even though I know God called me, and when I'm with him, I'm like, oh, Lord, I'll do it. I'm there. If you want me there, I'm there. If you want me there forever, I'm there forever. If you want me there on my own, I'm there on my own. If other people are going to come around me, that's great. And when I leave those prayer times, I feel empowered and strengthened. But then I also am reminded that I'm a human. I don't become God in those moments. And so then I'm also very susceptible this, this last year was one of, our, one of our greatest challenging years. I know that's true for many of you. And I often don't talk about some of, some of what that's meant for me personally. As, as a church, as faith, I've said, now we're going forward. God's doing something with us. He's, he's refining us. He's shaping us. He's strengthening us in this season. I believe for it. And yet, in my own heart, I had some of the hardest moments of my life this last year. One of my, my family at the beginning of 2020 faced some of our greatest challenges personally. And then two months later came COVID. And COVID, everyone, everyone has their own opinion and thought and consideration. And usually it's backed by some Bible verse somewhere. And everyone says that this is what we should be doing. And if you do this, pastor, then I'm with you. And if you don't do this, pastor, then I'm out of here. I had to make some of the hardest decisions I've ever had to make in ministry that wore at me, that were prayerful, that were deep and, and were so challenging for me. And yet as I made those decisions, I came out saying, God, you have made this decision. You've called me. I believe it. And I'm going to stand in that. But then I get back over here and I'm still very human. And in my very humanness, all of a sudden I get a scathing email or someone who says, uh, I can't agree with this. Or if you're going to build a culture like that, I'm out of here. And I get those things. And you get shrinking down, shrink down, shrink down over and over and over. So yes, God is the one who has the calling on my life. And yet your commitment seems to confirm that calling in me. 
when you get behind me and say, we're with you. When, when Chris Clark, who's been around the Christian community for a long time, comes and says, you're my pastor, and I'm confirming it in you, and if you forget it, I'm gonna remind you, and if you try to shrink back, I'm gonna push you forward. When someone gets around you like that, all of a sudden, that calling comes alive again. See, there's, there's value in devoting ourselves to the leadership that we have. Because if we want to see a thriving church, we devote ourselves to the church. If we want to see thriving leaders, we devote ourselves to those leaders. And yet they never become God to us. Heaven forbid. They're always humans. In fact, there's one point where a guy named Paul in the Bible and Barnabas go to this place uh, and, and when they go there, there, there's a few miracles and healings that take place. And so everyone all of a sudden thinks they're gods. They say, you're Zeus and you're Hermes. Like, you guys are incredible. We love you. And it says, but when the apostles Barnabas and Paul heard of this, they tore their clothes and rushed out into the crowd shouting, friends, why are you doing this? We too are only human like you. We are bringing you good news, telling you to turn from these worthless things to the living God who made the heavens and the earth and the sea and everything in them. Paul's like, hold up a second. Just because miracles follow us doesn't mean that all of a sudden we become God. We're human. I encourage you that sometimes when, when we think of our, our leaders as God, especially our Christian leaders, we think that, must, that person's spiritual, so they must be God. They're never gonna fall. They're never gonna stumble. They're never gonna have a hard day. They're never gonna speak harshly. They're never gonna forget an email. They're never gonna miss to come to my party. They're never gonna do then nothing because they are God. Our faith will surely fail because people will surely fail. The apostles were not God. They were sent by God. The leadership of this church will never be God, but I do believe they are sent by God to this church for this time and for this city. See, one of the things is when we, when we think that people are not God or, or, or we get messed up when we think people are God, but the other thing is once we realize that they're human, they're a lot easier to reject. They're a lot easier to turn away from, say, ah, oh, nah, I'm just gonna carry on and go do my, I'm, I'm not gonna worry about you, your, your pastor who we believe God has sent, you're a apostolos who, who is in that place and the spot standing where God has called them, we can start to say, you're just a human. You don't have any authority and any power in my life. I, I love what Paul does with this. And Paul is, uh, if you don't know Paul, he, he wrote most of the New Testament. I'm gonna read you the starting of all of his letters, or most of his letters. And he wrote these letters to churches, and he became like the key leader in all these churches, and, and all these churches would listen to him. When a letter from Paul would come, they'd be like, oh, Paul, we, what, what does it say? What do we need to change? How do we need to live now? Because God, Paul is our apostle. He's called the Apostle Paul. He's the one we listen to. He's the one that God sent. He's the one that God gave a voice to in this time. And though there's lots of people talking, we want to hear from Paul. And so a whole bunch of the Bible is filled with Paul's letters. And I love that he decides he better show everyone who he is from the very get-go. Romans 1.1, it says, Paul, a servant of Christ Jesus, called to be an apostle and set apart for the gospel of God. This is Paul talking. He says, I want to tell you who I am. I'm an apostle. What does that mean? I'm very human. What else does it mean? I'm sent by God. 
It means I, I, I struggle. I love encouragement. I love walking together. I love community. I love being strengthened by you. Sometimes I need alone time. Those are all the very human realities of my life. I, 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 harsh emails are hard for me to handle. I can sometimes forget my calling, but I'm called by God. 1 Corinthians 1.1, 1, 1, Paul called to be an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God and our brother Sothenes. So this is Paul talking about himself. 2 Corinthians, the next letter to them, 1.1, 1, 1, Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God and Timothy, our brother. So he's saying, listen, and this is who I am. This is who God's made me to be. I have a voice in your life. I'm called to it. I believe for it. And that's who I am. Galatians 1.1, 1, 1, Paul, an apostle sent not from men nor by men but by Jesus Christ and God the Father who raised him from the dead. Ephesians 1.1, 1, 1, Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God uh, to, to God's holy people in Ephesus, the faithful in Christ Jesus. Colossians 1.1, 1, 1, Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God and Timothy, our brother. 1 Timothy 1.1, 1, 1, Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus by the command of God. 2 Timothy 1.1, 1, 1, Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God. Titus 1.1, 1, 1, Paul, a servant of God and an apostle of Jesus Christ. This is how he introduces himself. Everyone he talks to, he says, yes, I, I, I am Paul. And, and that apostle role, it, it holds the tension between sent by God and very human. Yes, I am just a person. And no, I am not perfect. And yet, God has given me a voice. So one of the, one of the things that, that we need to wrestle with, if, if we're going to see the most out of the leadership in the churches that we're a part of, maybe you're not part of Northgate, and you go, I just wish my pastor would do this or do that or be stronger in this way. If here, there, we we got to recognize the call of God in their lives. Northgate, if you're part of this church, I don't mind saying to you that it's important for you to, to, to pray and say, God, is this my, my pastor? Is this my leader? Is the leadership team that you've placed in, in front of me, are they my people to commit to because because if so, then being part of this church is committing to their thriving, and being part of that thriving is going to be part of the church thriving. I want to get behind them. I want to see them walk in strength, and power, and purity, and life, and encouragement. Because being an apostle says I'm, that someone strong enough has sent me, but someone weak enough has been sent. I'm never strong enough to do this on my own. But the one who sent me is strong enough to do it through me. In 1 Corinthians 3, 4 to 9, Paul's, Paul's dealing with a situation in the church. At this point, I think more clearly than, than other times, Paul describes what an apostle's role is, describes how they fit within the church. For when one says, he says, I follow Paul, and another, I follow Apollos, you are, are you not mere human beings? What Paul's talking about here is that some people are saying, oh, Paul's my leader. Paul, because he says this, and I like how he preaches in these times, and often, often, often they, they decided who, who their leader was because of like little nuances in their teaching, and then this is, uh, he hits me where I like it right there, oh, there, I like that one, that's more like me, and often that's how we decide things too, we decide as long as my pastor preaches what I want him to preach, or her to preach, then I can follow him or her. 
I can go with that. I can jump on board with it with where that person's leading because if that person's leading me forward, if that person's driving it forward uh, uh, the way that I want to drive, then I'm going to be happy. But as soon as they veer off track, uh, I'm going to go find someone else who's driving the road I want them to drive on. That's not what commitment is. Commitment is not agreeing with everything or finding the right solution for your own uh, life or the, the thing that fits you best or feels best. Commitment is saying, I recognize the calling there and I'm going to be part of seeing it thrive and grow. First Corinthians 3, 4 to 9, so then Paul comes along and says, listen, are not you mere human beings? What after all is Apollos? By the way, that's a person. And what is Paul? Only servants. If you're trying to recognize whether your pastor is thriving, whether your pastor or leader is, is in a good spot to be leading the church, whether your pastor is called, look for this first. Are they servants? Are they servants not of, of everyone necessarily, but are they servants first of God? You get the sense that, that they're learning from God. You get the sense that they are willing to follow God more than follow you, follow God more than follow the majority, follow God more than follow the culture at the time. Do you get the sense that they are servants to say, God, I'm just obedient first and I wanna do what you ask me to do first? Do you get that sense from your pastor? Do you get that sense from your leader? Or do you get the sense that they're just gonna chase whatever cultural moment is, is good at that time? I'm gonna do this because right now everyone says it's good, and this because right now everyone says good, and this because right now everyone says it's good. In this last year, man, there, some people are going that way and some people are going that way, and both are saying, follow me or I'm not coming with you anymore. And God's saying, I want you to go this way. I want you to walk this way. And there's gonna be some people that get frustrated. There's gonna be some people that get offended. Some people get brokenhearted over that. And it's gonna be hard. It has been hard. But first of all, we're servants. First of all, your leaders should be servants of God. It says only servants through whom you came to believe. I like that part. So Paul's trying to break down the difference between uh, 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 someone who, who you should follow and someone who maybe isn't worth following, someone you should commit to and someone maybe you shouldn't commit to. If the church is gonna thrive, commit yourself to this leader but, and, and then stir this up and encourage them along in this way. It says, uh, after all, uh, Apollos, is it Apollos or Paul? We're all only servants through whom you came to believe. That part is, I think, really key. Because sometimes uh, Paul is saying, listen, we spoke and you started believing, but it wasn't believing in Paul and it wasn't believing in Apollos. It wasn't believing in your leader all of a sudden. I believe that leader can take us somewhere. But somewhere through the words of Paul or through the words of Apollos or through the words of someone else, maybe through the words of Evan or through the words of Daniel or through the words of Rob or through the words of Samara, whoever it might be, somewhere along the way you believed. Somewhere along the way it stirred your heart. The Holy Spirit confirmed in you that I am doing a work in you through that teaching. And when that happened, God was showing you a leader that was worth following, someone who was called to be part of that. Paul says, we're only servants through whom you came to believe. As the Lord has assigned to each his task, I planted the seed, Apollos watered it, but God has been making it grow. So neither the one who plants nor the one who waters is anything. 
Paul's talking about himself. Just so you know, I may have planted some seeds along the way. What he's sharing with that is I may have preached and, and a little seed of truth showed up in your life. I may have watered it along the way. In other words, that little seed of truth that someone else preached, I came and I helped, I, I helped it. I, I created a good environment for it. But he says, at, at the end of the day, we are not anything, but only God who makes things grow. The one who plants and the one who waters have one purpose, and they will each be re rewarded according to their own labor, for we are co-workers. Worship team, you can come on up. We are co-workers. So the first thing I think you need to pay attention to, to find God, God is my leader called by you to be here. Because some of us are trying to figure that out. And we're like, I, 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 I want to listen to my leader, but, but I don't know if, if, if they're saying the right thing or not. But what you need to decide is, God, have you put them here? Have you called them? I want to believe for it. I want to recognize it and know your calling. I want to see it. First of all, are they servants of God? I, 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 am I a servant of God? Am I walking with the Lord? Am I choosing him over you sometimes? Secondly, uh, have something happened in my heart through their leadership? Have I, have I experienced growth? Has the Holy Spirit confirmed anything in me? Have I, have I felt a move of God while that person was preaching or singing or doing that? Because that's, that's God stirring my heart, not a person stirring my heart. Thirdly, are they, are they co-workers? Sometimes you get, you get random people who just run, this, run their own ship and run their own thing and aren't gonna listen to anyone. I'd be cautious of someone who has, who has no one who wants to be part of their team. Every time Paul writes, I'm an apostle of Christ, he also says, and I'm with Timothy, or I'm with Barnabas, or I'm with these people here, or uh, uh, there's a group of us, and we're sending this message to you. Paul uh, affirms, is confirmed by the Holy Spirit moving through him, and also confirmed by the people around saying, we're with you, Paul. We're for you, Paul. The last one is this, for we are co-workers in God's service. You are God's field and God's building. We're in God's service at the end of the day. You know, through this season, it maybe has been easy for you to shut off Facebook when you don't like what's being said, shut off YouTube when you're not really a fan of the series that we're in. Maybe you've learned that, that if, I, if, if it's not hitting me right where I'm at, yeah, I can go find somewhere. In fact, I can just get over to another church right now. I can get off Northgate altogether. I'll maybe check it out next week, see if they can engage me a little bit better, see if they can draw me in a little bit better, see if that leader can really grab me and, and, and pull my attention in, and, and, and maybe then I'll see. If, if they miss it two, two weeks in a row, I don't know. Three, I, I'm pretty sure I'm finding a new church. I, I'm pretty sure I'm done with this. God is calling us to a place where we would say, my leaders are humans and they mess up. My leaders are humans and they're gonna have bad sermons and they're gonna have bad series and they're gonna have bad moments and they're not going to be perfect all the time but they are called by God to be leading the church that God is moving through right now in the Comox Valley and Port Alberni and Vancouver Island and everywhere that this sermon reaches and your commitment confirms that calling in them 
You saying I'm with you confirms to them that, they, that God has truly put me here. It's not just the voice of God. It's, it's the people, it's the church moving forward. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. Imagine how much purer a sermon is or how much purer a leader can lead when they don't, they're not worried that if they preach the wrong thing, half the church is gonna leave. Uh, sermon prepping and going, well, if, if I do that way, this person's gonna say no. If I do it that way, this person has already told me. I've had people come to me and say, if you are going to build this culture, I can't be a part of it. If you're gonna do this thing, I'm out of here. If you're gonna do this, I can't be it. And at, at, at some point, you have to decide, am I rejecting a, a teaching or am I rejecting this, this person who's, who's called by God? Sometimes I'm not gonna be at my best. Our leaders aren't gonna be at their best. And you gotta decide if you're gonna be the church that it strengthens them up to become everything that they're called to be. So I wanna give you four things that I think you can do for your leaders. It's gonna cause us to thrive in new ways. And next week we're gonna talk about breaking of bread and, and small groups and friendship and, and relationship. We're gonna talk about prayer in the coming weeks. But here's four things you can do for your leaders. If you wanna help confirm the call of God that God has put in their life, help them walk into whatever God's asked them to do. First one, remind us of our calling. Remind us of what we're called to. Hey, do you, I, I've seen it in you, Ev. I've seen it in you, Brian. I've seen it in you, Joshua. I've seen what God has done and what he's strengthening you for. Lisa, I've seen it in your worship. I've seen, you, I've seen what God is doing and that he's put you here for such a time as this. I know that this isn't just you wandering off the street and showing up here. This is God and his timing and his perfection and him working through you. And so when I can't see the, the quality, I'm gonna still see the calling. Remind us of our calling. Second, don't expect us to be God. If you ever believe that a leader is going to be God, that a human leader is going to be God for you, you will lose your faith. Because a leader will never be God for you. They can't. Number three, assume the best of our decision making. I had to make a hard decision this last year. It's one that I specifically remember and stewed over and prayed over and got counsel and waited for and just considered. And I remember making that decision. Someone not long after said, can't be part of this anymore, Evan. If you're gonna do that, I can't be part of this. I just wonder if that person ever stopped and considered, could this have been God making this decision rather than Evan? Could this have been an apostle sort of moment where it's not just a, a human making a decision, but a human sent by God making the decision? Did you even stop to consider it? Or did your feelings just allow you to just spit out and blast whoever it was that you could and run away to whatever place you could find that they're not doing those mean things to you? Maybe God has a bigger plan. 
And we, we, we commitment to our leader says, I'm gonna trust if I don't get your decision, I'm with you. If I don't understand your choice, I'm with you. If I can't see it all in one moment, I'm still with you. And in fact, even if you made the wrong decision and it becomes very clear, I'm still with you because I believe before any human mistake showed up, you were called by God to be in this place. And I'm here not to affirm you as a human, but to affirm the call of God in your life to launch you into greater potential. Remind us of our calling. Don't expect us to be God. Assume the best of our decision-making. And fourth, pray for us regularly. You pray for us regularly. Maybe you need to set a timer like Lou <laughs> and Don. You have no idea what it means to me to know that we're prayed for by people. I can tell you that I'm, I'm, in a, I'm in a much better spot when I know the church is, is for me. I'm committed to Jesus before I'm committed to you. I'm committed to following Jesus no matter what. If that means speaking things that, that cause the whole church to empty out and leave and I'm the only one left standing, then, then so be it. Thanks be to God that that's not the case. Thanks be to God that we've been in unity and been walking together and been, been, been seeing God move in such incredible ways in our midst. But I will tell you that when I feel your affirmation, when I feel your prayers, when I hear you say, I see your calling, I know, I know who you are, I trust your decision making, I'm with you, I'm behind you, I, I, I believe God has put you here. Man, it starts to rise me up, it starts to rise our team up. We say we can take this on, we can move forward, God, we can run in your calling and believe for everything that you want us to see. The church that will thrive in its greatest capacity will have committed people first to their apostles, first to Jesus, and then to their teachers and leaders. I just want to pray for you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for the blessing of being part of Northgate. This church has just been incredible to watch. There's this legacy of commitment and love. There's this legacy of people saying, I'm, I'm for Jesus and I'm for God moving in this place. There's this legacy of, of just strength. We just thank you for that, Lord. And in this season that's been challenging and long and, and, and overwhelming in many ways, we just ask, Lord, that you would continue that, that commitment, Lord. I just pray for a new, a new faith in you that would spill over, that people would even have faith to believe that you have placed the leadership in positions that they're meant to be in. God, that there would be the support for the leadership, which there is, but all the more, God, all the more when the temptation is to jump over to that other church because it's accessible online. And when I'm sitting in my jammies and, and checking this out. When there's a bad sermon, uh, instead of me jumping to something else, I'm going to pray for my pastor. I'm going to pray for his strengthening. I'm going to pray for his, his clarity and revelation. I'm going to send him an encouraging letter. I'm going to be committed to him walking in his thriving because I believe that as I do, that this church will be in its thriving. Thank you, Jesus. You're doing it. <laughs> You're doing it. Help us to follow you, to be led by you, to each discover this tension, being fully just human with all our frailty and called by God with all of his strength. Help us, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.